This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Um, welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by, as always, Matty Ice. Um, this is, we're now past 50 episodes for me. And um, on Friday, you know, I, I had a guest for the first time. So that's something that I want to do a little bit more often. As I've alluded to in previous episodes, um, I have a little bit of a sneaker. Uh, let's say, well, I won't call it a fetish, but we'll call it something. And um, I've also talked about how I've gotten into the replica sneakers game. And through that, uh, I've managed to meet quite a few people. And one of the things I wanted to do was bring those folks on here, not only so we could talk shoes, because that's, you know, what we like to do, but also to get some different ideas, different perspectives on the show. So um, we're doing that for the first time. The first guinea pig, if you will, which is a very popular rep sneakers term, um, is uh, is my man, Brett. So how you doing out there, buddy? Oh, I'm good. Yeah, excited to uh, like kind of virtually meet like this and uh, yeah. be the guinea pig. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out. Um, you know, like I said, this is not like I have a reach of like billions of people listening here, but that's that's the idea eventually. But um, you know, I I know you lightly. Uh, the audience doesn't know you uh, at all for the most part. So I wanted to give you a little bit of freedom to tell everybody about yourself. You know, where you're from, whatever you'd like the audience to know as we kind of get into our conversation here. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm Brett. I um, have had a. Uh... I wouldn't call it a passion, but like a love of sneakers for for a long time. Um, I live in the general uh, Sacramento area of California. Um, I'm a born and raised uh, NorCal kid with um, some other roots in uh, Florida and the Chicago area through my parents. Um, and yeah, just kind of stumbled across the... Uh, the rep sneakers uh sort of world just over a year ago really um and just kind of like man this is way better than going on you know stock x or all that stuff or looking for I, stuff so yeah I, yeah i agree um so you st- talked about your parents being from other regions um did they sort of meet in california uh you know they're from different respective areas yeah had, yeah they like um yeah, they met in California. Um, they both worked for the same company. I think my dad was in sales for this company, and my mom worked for um, the accounting department. And mm-hmm. they just, you know, got to talking, and then, you know, as they say, the rest was history. That's how my parents met too. Uh, I'm born and raised in New England, and I live in Virginia now. Um, but they, they kind of met through work and ended up, you know, establishing a relationship. And they moved to Rhode Island, which is one of the states up there. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother was from Connecticut. My father was from Massachusetts. So they just split the difference, basically, and deci- decided yes. to live right there. Uh, and then I moved down here. And it's funny, my wife is from South Carolina. She's a military brat, but uh, a lot of her family's in South Carolina. So we live near the D.C. area. So we kind of split the difference of where we're from here. It actually uh, is funny how that works out. But, um, you know, so for the audience's benefit, um, how did you kind of connect with me? Uh, I-, I will be honest, last year... I went through kind of a phase where I seemed to be the guy that everybody wanted to talk to on Reddit <laughs> for in, in certain respects uh, for certain shoes. And, you know, I honestly don't remember how everybody kind of found me or, or what. So 
um, you know, how were you able to connect with me and was it over a specific shoe? Um, so that's a, a good question. Um, and going back, my wife is actually a military brat too, and all of her family's in Alabama. So that's a small cool. coincidence there. But yeah. um, mm -hmm. anyways, yeah, so I think I remember definitely seeing the name on Reddit um, mm -hmm. and just being like, okay, there, there's this Natty Ice guy, there's this Natty Ice guy. He, he's like, he knows what's up. Okay. Like, and it wasn't really a specific shoe. I think it was just like in general, like, you were like in this like high regard like all the qcs are just like tagging maddie ice tagging maddie ice and then it wasn't until like i have you know like my personal sort of like instagram but then i was like just kind of bored one day and i had a half not even halfway decent but you know i had a few pair of rep shoes and i was like maybe i should make like a separate like you know really sneaker like instagram and so i just kind of messed around and made one and that's when i started like really getting into and following like a lot of the people from like reddit so like between like you and dusty and like mm -hmm. rep mafia and you know rep sneakers fan like all these people who i'm just like okay like these guys all know like kind of what's up and um it was kind of through that and so then i'm like messaging people and then i'm like wait did i message this person last time through like my sneaker instagram or through my personal one and then i was like yeah they all kind of mesh together anyways so um yeah i kind of go back and forth between them. um one of the best things for for me about the rep sneakers world is that i feel more of a camaraderie than i do in the regular sneakers world um it's kind of interesting how that how that's happened because all the names that you just mentioned are people that i'm I would consider myself mostly friends with, except for Rep Mafia, but, you know, Dusty, Rep Sneakers fam, like, I actually know some of these people by first name. Mm -hmm. Batch Floss is another one. Yeah. Uh, he and he and I met last year, uh, you know, through Reddit, and then we ended up, you know, forming a friendship and stuff like that. So I, I definitely appreciate that aspect of it. Um, and it's something that could, honestly, the world could do a little bit more of in general. Mm -hmm. Like, just it's genuine connection over something that everybody likes, and then you kind of learn more and more about people. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this series was to kind of get to know people a little bit more than just, okay, so you asked me to QC a shoe, but you know, what, who are you? Like, what do you actually yeah. do? And that's the interest for me. Um, you know, you probably noticed that I don't put out the same kind of content that everybody else does. I don't have the same mm -hmm. frequency. To me, it's a hobby. I want to do it for educational purposes, but I also want it to be like an organic thing where people are like, I like this guy. Um, mm -hmm. So why don't we go ahead and do that? But um, when... For, for you, what was the first sneaker that you remember either having or seeing that kind of got you into it? Was it when you were a kid? Were you an adult? Yeah, that's um, so when I was a kid, we were out visiting my family in Chicago one summer. And so this is like summer of 92, because I just remember my cousin had these shoes and I should have brought them down here with me, <laughs> but um, he had the... 92 air trainer max like the bo jacksons and it was the gray and yellow ones and i was just like oh my gosh these are the coolest things i'm in second grade right so i'm like these are the coolest things i've ever seen and so like i don't know how but like because you know growing up we didn't have like a ton of money to just buy like new shoes i somehow my parents ended up when we got back home they got me a pair and so like i'm just rocking these things and you know like second grade like dude these are the coolest things ever and then Growing up, you know, having, you know, like a couple pairs of like cool shoes, like here and there, but nothing crazy. Like I remember, and I think I got them like on sale at Sports Mart back when those were around. I had like the 
Terrell Davis, like his like oh, yeah. you know, his shoes back in the day, and then like hitting up like the Nike outlet, like when we could to try and find stuff. Um, but I I definitely remember in middle school starting to notice all of um, no not all of but a few friends that were definitely like getting like, the newest Jordans like when they came out, mm-hmm. and the one that like I always was like my grail forever was the the last shot 14s and um so like and it's not like a this cute like shoe that everyone was just like oh my god this is so cool it's like it's a little bit slept on but it's still like this you know to me i don't know what it was about that shoe just stuck out that i was like oh my god this thing's sweet and so i was actually able to cop those on sneakers on like the 20th anniversary and i was just like awesome I was like, yes, I got them. And then, like, I didn't wear them for like a year. So I was like, I can't even like touch these. And then finally, I, you know, busted them out and started wearing them a little bit here and there. But it's just, to me, that was like my grail. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of going from there and now having uh, uh, a little bit of a collection. For those uh, uninitiated, a grail would be, or at least is what I consider a grail, because I know people overuse that word uh, mm-hmm. sometimes where like every shoe that they get is a grail. Uh, I consider a grail like one, maybe two. I give people like two that feels unattainable. It feels like something that should be attainable that is unattainable. And when you get it, it's like the the pinnacle of your collection. And that's the way I hear it. Is that kind of the way you think about it too? Um, I, I think definitely pinnacle of collection. Um, maybe not necessarily like unattainable like i know for some people it's like you know the paris dunks are like my grail right because it's like a you know however many thousand dollar like shoe but like i mean for me it was the last shop where it was just like that is my favorite shoe of all time and like i just wanted to like be like that's maybe it's you know maybe it's my goat maybe it's my grail but like a goat is another term that gets you know thrown around (laughs) quite a bit well i think Um, we're old enough to remember when a goat at something was like the person who let you down like now in yeah. sports, Tom Brady's the goat, or we call him the goat. Yeah. But like we used to call the goat the guy who made like who dropped the pass or who didn't make the yeah. play. Yeah, because they were the scapegoat, sort of, right? It was like exactly. Yeah. It sort of turned around a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to know that there's somebody that is you know in my age bracket who kind of remembers <laughs> those things. Because one of the things about, uh, I think there's like two sects to me. Like there's there's mm-hmm. sneaker sneaker culture in general. There's a lot of people our age, like I'm in my late thirties and like mm-hmm. those people have the stories that we do. For me, the shoe that I got, my parents were extremely practical. They did not mm-hmm. see the the sense in paying the kind of money for the shoes that in, cause even back then a hundred dollars for a pair of shoes was like my oh, crazy. now, yeah. Well, yeah. But they bought me Reebok pumps and mm-hmm. that was just insane. Like I did wear those into the ground. Yeah. Uh, I wish I still had them. I wish I still could see like what kind of shape they were, but I didn't, like I liked them back then. But like I went through a huge love period because to me, uh, you know, shoes were kind of like a practical thing. But I always mm-hmm. liked them. But I, I, for some reason, never got into them. And it wasn't until it's like 2018, I went to New York City for a WWE event, and uh, a friend and I stumbled upon Flight Club, and I saw how many there were, and it just was like an instant click. It was like, well, wait a minute, I'm actually older now. I can afford to buy myself mm-hmm. things. And that's where it started. So it started for me doing that. And I discovered StockX, Goat, all that. But then when I discovered the replica sneakers world and how attainable everything was mm-hmm. and affordable for the most yeah. part, everything was, it was, I, I can't go back. It's really difficult. But I, I also, 
I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, retails suck. Like, obviously, I would love to have them. I'd love to have retails of whatever it is that I want. But um, the pandemic has really changed a lot of that, where everything is a sellout. Everything is yeah. a grail to everybody. And so it sort of, I always say it, it makes the 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 market exclusive when sneakers are supposed to be something for everybody like yeah, whether you sure. like dunks or jordans or air force ones like it doesn't matter you should be able to get what you want and the the market in and of itself doesn't allow that so i appreciate that about rep sneakers market now there's a whole bunch of politics in it and a yeah. ton of young ton of young people oh, and gosh. right ton of young people but i realized that um you know, I've, I'm actually friends with younger people, as I've recently found out. Some of the people that I talk to daily are in high school. And I was like, wow, I can't even that was 20 wow. something years ago. Yeah. Um, but um, so I, that, I'm glad to hear you have some kind of a story about something when you were younger, because I think for most of us, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you mentioned Chicago, by the way, because I, I love Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. I ran my first marathon. It was a Chicago marathon. Awesome. Um, and so I was there for a brief stint, but uh, I ran through the whole city, basically. So yeah. uh, it was it was really, really cool. So that's really, really awesome. Um, so these days, you know, do you have like a rotation? Do you have, you know, kind of have a different uh, set of shoes that you wear at different periods of time? Or are you kind of a, I'll wear anything at any time. I don't really care whether it's in. Yeah, I think I'm kind of a, a wear anything at any time sort of, sort of person. Um, I, you know, I kind of, I try and do, you know, like MJ Monday. So like I'm going to wear, you know, okay. some Jordans on a Monday and it depends on that sort of thing. And then I'm like, okay, how else can, can I play like, and I even searched this one time because I was bored. I searched like Tinker Tuesday, like for a Tinker Hatfield shoe. And then I searched that like hashtag on Instagram and it's all like Tinkerbell stuff. I'm like, okay, well, can't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then you I'm could. like, okay, yeah, definitely could. And then I'm like, okay, what about like Off-White Wednesday or like Witherspoon Wednesday? And then, you know, just kind of playing around with different stuff. But I think I just, I don't have that much stuff to where it's like, I need to like, yeah section things off to be like okay like this but there's definitely you know shoes that are better for summer versus you know winter and, and vice versa um so yeah i think it just all kind of depends on what else i'm wearing that day and you know the weather of course and that sort of thing do you um you know do you have a significant other who either embraces or has a hard time embracing this particular habit um she yeah my wife is kind of all for it um oh, i do um i do have i have a pair of the off-white fives that are sitting on our like front porch still like off gassing because the smell was so bad on them and like and it's been months and i don't know what else like to do i've put like the charcoal things in them the shoe little smelly balls like dryer sheets in them and on them and like they just still like smell so i'm like all right i gotta figure out something else to do with these that like isn't gonna ruin like i don't want to just douse them in febreze right but like trying to figure out something that's gonna make them smell better i have not encountered that problem yet well kind of uh i got uh, a pair a, a promo pair of the casino dunks from from one of the sellers and it smelled kind of like that and even when we let it air out it still kind of smells like that uh i don't know if it, i've never worn them but because of that yeah. but i've not really encountered that problem but i guess in the grand scheme of things it's uh not a bad problem to have i know yeah. one of the biggest jokes is like uh, how many spouses don't know how much we paid for this stuff and that's another reason why 
the 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 replica market feels so comfortable because you don't mm-hmm. feel as if you're spending money you don't have i mean i'm sure there are people who spend money they don't have yeah. but um i'm not one of them i feel as yeah. if uh there's there's so many affordable ways to do it but i'm kind of mm-hmm. like you um i i have a cap on how many shoes i have at a certain time so okay generally and this is going to sound ridiculous but it's low number compared to a lot of people is like 40 um which is to me and that's that's about the amount of like space i have in a very specific place in our closet so like my mm-hmm. wife has said you can have this and yeah. if you go beyond that uh you know that's a little much so i also kind of rotate like things that i bought a year ago i'm already like you know i bought them i thought i would like them i did like them but now i don't see myself wearing them long term so mm-hmm. i'm looking to you know get rid of them at some point whether it's selling them or, or something like that um and i also have a lot of friends who wouldn't buy this stuff for themselves so if i have something that they like i'll just mm-hmm. give it to them uh yeah. because the accessibility is so easy mm-hmm. and um you know so I, i'm kind of like that too like i know that there's certain people who say like oh this is perfect for this you know this particular um season but i just kind of go with whatever i'm feeling like lately i've been yeah. feeling a lot of pink i have no idea why, okay but i have and yeah, um you know <laughs> Yeah, well, you've got all the cherry blossoms down there, so maybe it's just you know the overall. Uh, for me, aesthetic. I'm a very yeah. I mean, so I also don't buy get into the whole like hype beast mentality of all of my shirts and pants and everything have to be you know oh, for, yeah. like streetwear and stuff like that. I'm no. a very plain person for the most part. Uh, I joke that I get my clothes at Costco and my shoes are are what pop and. And that's kind of why like yeah. bright colors have been doing it for me uh like the water mm-hmm. spoon 97s that's yeah. an actual grail of mine that was the first rep i ever bought and nice. um i was just it's there's something about it like it's people gravitate toward it. they're like i've never seen shoes like that before mm-hmm. i'm like yeah it's a, I mean, it's a conversation piece um yeah exactly it's it's funny you bring those up because i was wearing them the other day after walking the kids to school and I'm in our like front yard and we our you know neighborhood has an HOA and they take care of our front yard for us and someone was out with like checking the sprinklers and like I was talking to him for a minute um and he just like stops like mid-sentence and he's like I didn't even notice that dude you are wearing like rails like how did you get those where did you get those and I'm just like oh thank you man and like yeah they're actually like they're reps but like I I like them and he's like yeah you can't even tell like they're in mine they're like h12 like yep not a great batch oh that's sock liner yeah the the sock liner and but like the green is good and the placement is good but like (laughs) i mean from from 15 feet away he wouldn't have known you know the difference i could have just been like yeah thanks man these are cool and yeah so those are definitely one of my you know favorite ones to wear they go with everything so they got every color on them already anyway Mm -hmm. so um do you um do you buy into any of the call out culture stuff? Cause I know that's a huge thing on Reddit. People are like, well, I get called out. Um, yeah. I've never really encountered that. I don't know if it's dependent on where you live or how old you are, but uh, I've never encountered that before. Not even close. No, no, I've never encountered that. I, um, yeah. And I, I think I even made a joke on a comment one time on Reddit where I was like, I'm not in high school, so I'm not worried about getting called out. And like, cause oh. I feel like that's where a lot of it comes from is like these, mm-hmm. these kids are like, you know, I'm going to get called out for this. It's like, well, dude, you're in high school rocking a $1,500 pair of shoes. Like, what do you like really expect? Like, you're supposed to be so, poor. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm not too worried about it. I have never, like, even if we're like walking around like the mall or doing something where all I get is like some looks and or like, a, hey, nice shoes, like never anything. And that's from anything from, you know, the Wotherspoons or like my off-white blazers, like just they're, it's just something for people to talk about and say like, no one really cares. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, I'm, I also don't subscribe to the idea that I wear what I wear because I want other people to recognize them. I wear what I like and I always advocate exactly. for people to do that. You know, buy what you like. Don't buy mm -hmm. what you think somebody else is going to like to see you in. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the beauty again of the rep market. And I've been actually embracing, um, you know, using agents to find cheaper stuff because mm -hmm. you find that, oh, wait a minute, there's even like a sub market now of these sellers are taking something that they think they have exclusive access to, but actually they don't have exclusive access to it. So you can get it for half the price. And I, yeah. you know, because I don't have to have everything right now. That's the other thing is uh, a lot of people these days are like, why is shipping taking so long? And I'm like, well, it's not coming from Amazon. This isn't <laughs> this yeah. isn't some big company right here. Um, yeah. But you, you you mentioned walking the kids to school. So do you, um, you know, I have a son as well. I just, he's 14 months now. And oh, awesome. um, yeah, he's a little too, he's a little too young for this, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I obviously can see him, you know, be having a sneaker collection one day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, do you, do you think your kids would ever be into that? I, I'm like trying to like push it without pushing it. Like, so yeah. like I will, um, I, I got him a pair of like the, like they're the court borough, like twos, but they're, oh, they help. look like, yeah, they look like band Jordan ones. And so like, I got him those and I, I'll wear my, um, reverse breads or, you know, the varsity 85, you know, whatever you want to call them that, that I'll wear those, um, with him. And it's like, Oh, we got like our matching shoes on and, and that sort of thing. And I'll show him pictures of shoes that are like, Hey, do you like these? Do you like these? And then, you know, when time comes, like I wanted to get both of us the stealth fives that just came out, but couldn't hit on sneakers or any of the other websites either. So she's like, Oh man, like, this is a GR and can't even hit on these things anymore. So. Uh, do you mind yeah. if I ask questions about like parenthood stuff? No, not at all. Um, so I, like I said, we, we had our first uh, right before the pandemic hit. So we came yeah. home a week before uh, wow. everything kind of shut down. Um, I don't know how old you were when you had your first, but did you kind of have expectations about how difficult it was going to be? And even some aspects of the early, the, like, the early months, the newborn months were so rough um and they were even rougher than i had prepared myself for uh did you kind of feel that way as a dad because as dads we bear so much less of the burden than our wives oh, yeah. do. um so that so it's interesting we um so i have two kids we've got our son who is like six and a half and then my daughter's like four so okay. um and we had very different experiences with them because um when my son was born he was actually born like seven weeks early so he was oh, wow. like four pounds like just he was tall but he was also just like skin and bones like he was like just super tiny still and so it was kind of like he was in the NICU for you know just over three weeks um and it was just basically like learning how to eat and learning how to like breathe on your own it's like wait a minute like you have to learn how to do that and stuff that they missed that like when they come out that you can almost like take for granted but um so we we were very 
like fortunate in that like where we are we have the uc davis children's hospital which has one of the only like level one nicus for like you know oh, really? 500 miles or whatever so it was like he had the best care and he was there for enough time that like i like halfway joke with him like he came home already like on a schedule that was very easy for us to adapt so he was yeah. a other than being in the NICU for three weeks, um, he was a very easy baby. Um, and just like we would, he was sleeping through the night, like at, I don't know, maybe three months old. Like it was super, super easy. Um, you know, it of course has its challenges and, and that sort of thing. You're a little more weary of, of things, but like he was, he was a good eater and he was kind of off the preemie charts at like six, eight months. So like they were like, okay, oh, so we don't even have to look at those anymore. He's on normal growth charts. He's, he's good. But, um, with my daughter, that was the, the real like game changer for us because, you know, you're like, okay, I've done this once before. This is going to be, you know, like no problem. I know everything to do. And it's like, they couldn't have been more different. Like she was like she was colicky so basically like i'd get home from work and it was just like the witching hour from like 6 p.m to about midnight just like just not happy and that was for the first like three months and like as a as a dad i'm just like there's literally nothing i can do here like i'm holding her i'm rocking her and trying to like you know do all these things that it's just like not working and it's like she she's only quiet like if she's nursing or something like that and so it was just like that that feeling of being like just i can't do anything i i don't know how to help you and i just i can't like i can remember a couple times literally like walking back and forth like rocking her in like our bedroom and just like stringing together like in a lullaby like just cuss words like just like yeah because it's like there's I can't do anything about this. And then, you know, like going from there, but yeah, I, and then uh, after she was a few months old, I had a friend ask, they're like, so what is it like going from like one to two? Like, is it, you know, like 50% harder or whatever like that? And me and another friend were both like talking to him and like we both just started laughing because we're like, no, 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 no. Think of it the other way. It's like 150 times harder because not only do you now have this infant that needs your constant attention and care, you also have a toddler who's getting mm -hmm. into everything and is testing yeah. every boundary and is like just learning how to talk or, you know, do all these things where it's like, okay, I'm split now. And, you know, like just, so it's definitely a, a big change from one to two was the biggest sort of transition we had to go through. I'm glad to hear you say that. I struggled a lot with the helplessness part. Mm -hmm. um, and mainly I struggled because I didn't feel, I felt like, am I not equipped to do this job you know am i am i not equipped to do this and then i also struggled a lot because my wife struggled with how much is on her plate um and how they kind of press you to go down one route you know mm -hmm. with how you feed your child and i felt as if my job was to sort of take a step back from everything and be able to mm -hmm. tell her like you do whatever it is that you need to do to ease this for yourself and for, for, for sure. our kid too um, and it's funny because like, I think the old narrative as dads was that a lot of times dads didn't really think about, and weren't, we weren't active. And I think it's the more mm -hmm. people in our age bracket who started becoming more active dads in that way, where mm -hmm. we knew how we, we were feeding, like my wife and I had an alternating thing where it's like, all right, we're waking up every two hours. We both can't be up at the same time. So I'm going to sleep this time. You're going to sleep next time, back mm -hmm. and forth, back and forth. And we were lucky in that regard that our son took to that. 
and started sleeping through the night at three mm-hmm. months and it was a godsend it was like six weeks in a row where he slept for like 10 hours straight every night so good oh it was and then all of a sudden he stopped and that that regression that uh, oh yeah happens a couple times yeah yeah and we were like oh my gosh um like how is it that he went from sleeping through the night and now he wakes up at 10 o'clock at night every night on the nose Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the conditions are it doesn't matter like whether he's fed you know whatever Mm -hmm. it was like and it was frustrating, but we got oh, through for it. Sure. And now, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to I, I, the toddler years are tough for a different reason. So mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to those, even though the boundary pushing is already starting. He's oh, already yeah. starting at like 14 months and you look at it, too. And you're like, you don't do that. And he goes to do it mm-hmm. again. You're like, oh, wait, for sure. wait. yeah, there. And that's like and it makes you super frustrated as a parent, like when they do that but you're just like wait a minute like this kid's been alive for 14 months he really doesn't know like anything (laughs) and it's like you have to take a step back and i even have to do that with our six-year-old it's like and i'm not good at it (laughs) but i'm just like being more patient and like you know they say like it takes 30 seconds for something to like get into their brain and for them to process it and then Mm -hmm. do it so it's like where i'm like okay go put on your shoes it's time to go like if someone told me that you'll put on my shoes and go but it's like they have to process it. They have to think about like what else they're doing. What is the most important thing to them in the world right now, which is like playing with their Legos or their Hot Wheels or their Elsa toys, whatever it is. And then it's like being able to break them away from that and be a you know contributing <laughs> member of the family or just like doing something to be like okay, like we we have this as our outcome, but it needs to happen. So like yeah, just breaking things down is tough yeah. sometimes. So outside of sneakers, and we can get back to those, like what are some interests that you have, um, you know, outside of that? Any hobbies type things that uh, um, maybe? Yeah, I, um, gosh, like it's been tough with, you know, COVID and the quarantine because I would, um, I, I love like playing like flag football. I grew up playing, you know, football, baseball, basketball, all those, but football was the one that kind of stuck with me. And so I had a group of friends who would play flag football in a couple of leagues. And so, that was something I really enjoyed. Um, but since, you know, COVID hit, we kind of had to put that on the back burner. And then I changed jobs right before COVID hit. I changed job like in December. And then, um, but my old job, like we played basketball every day at lunch because um, we had a little outdoor like half court at work. And so like I played basketball there and that was fun. But um, now it's like, I go through kind of ebbs and flows. I was really good for a long time when we first started, but um, we have like a Peloton bike and just getting on that and doing, you know, 30 minutes a day has been really um, helpful for um, just kind of peace of mind and getting that sort of daily release of exercise and sweat in has been really, really good. So I enjoy that too. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of also in the same boat with the, the pandemic. I used to do... Uh, boxing and I would spar once a week and we stopped doing that Um, and so I was like you know it was a struggle at first I gained weight during the pandemic but I also love exercise too like any type of athletic endeavor I used to run um, you know I just love being able to exert energy I guess because we're given this one body so so that that kind of stuff um i also i'm I'm also an avid gamer i've always been a gamer my whole life like and i I, my parents bought me like a nintendo when i was seven or whatever Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm in it i've been in it early um but uh flag football you know 
a lot of people I think feel as if like football is easier, but I've experienced it once and it was uh it was not like touch football. It was it was legit. So yeah. um do you find it as rough or more rough I think uh than you know some of the other sports out there? Um it's definitely um a little more rough like obviously not as rough as like tackle football, but I find it way harder to pull someone's flag than to just tackle somebody. So there's, you know, that aspect, like you have to have some sort of finesse and hand-eye coordination to be able to like see where the flag is, get your hand over there, you know, and grab it. Um, and it's just a different like exertion on the body. I feel like there's just so many different ways to, you know, push yourself and do different things to where it's like, you know, I could go and do a, a 30 minute bike ride and, you know, just pedal in circles and, you know, not really go anywhere and get tired a certain way. But then I can go and play flag football and it's like just constant full exertion, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, pounds, you know, back and forth sideways, just so many different muscle groups to work um, to where it's like, yeah, my, my cardiovascular health is like good, but like just quickness or like i have relatively good like i guess endurance right now but like mm -hmm. to go and play like basketball or football those quick bursts are like okay gotta take a break give me yeah. a minute here <laughs> and so yeah it's definitely just it's all different right different ways of taxing your body and giving a different you know workout. isn't it isn't it funny how when we were kids it felt easy everything felt easy oh, yeah. um you just kind of like i watched uh, my six-year-old nephew and he has just an abundance of energy never gets tired falls down gets right back up and now when i get up in the morning i have to like negotiate my body out of the bed because it's like uh oh yeah. things are creaking in different places that they never did and it's just mm -hmm. funny how that works how you don't ever remember feeling tired when you were a kid but now no. even though even if your body isn't in, in good condition those those uh like you put like you pointed out those burst activities they take a lot out of you yeah. and i know i feel it the next day and i feel like i'm oh, in relatively yeah. good shape mm -hmm. yeah like it's and like i'll be sore for like three days afterwards just like oh god what did i do oh man i gotta call the chiropractor i gotta you know it's just like and then your yeah. wife is like look i gave birth twice you can handle yeah, this it's fine pretty much yeah do you uh pretty do you much. i've seen some friends uh, that I have who wear their like hyped reps as their workout shoes. And I'm like, I could never, um, you know, do you have like a specific shoe that you would use for athletic, you know, stuff? Like, do, do you feel like you could actually use some of the, uh, some of the, the shoes that are out there, whether they're rep or retail to, to do any workout? Um, I mean, there's, I mean, all like the new, like basketball shoes, like even in the, the like all the Kobe's, you know, easy, but, no brainer to work out and do basketball on those. Um, but I think even like people that use like Jordan ones is like their gym shoes. Like, yeah, it's actually a fairly good gym shoe because it's got that nice flat sturdy bottom and you know, it's a still relatively like flexible to where you can get your ankles to bend if you're doing squats or deadlifts or whatever you need to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but like I, I don't run very much, but when I, do like i'm usually sore the next day but i did just get some new running shoes and I, i've been a fan of the pegasus line for a long time so i just oh, really? like some new i've got some new pegasus shoes and i like them they're a um they're the, like the blue ribbon sports ones so they have like kind of that old school you know nike origins vibe to them that i oh. that i like so yeah that's pretty fun yeah i've i've seen a lot of people working out in jordan ones and mm -hmm. uh, i guess if you're going to do that 
going the rep route is the way to go because you can get yeah. them cheap and uh, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Kobe's I never really thought of. I actually recently discovered a whole bunch of sellers who have Kobe's and I yeah. thought, wow, like I guess there's a huge there, there's a huge market for it, especially with Kobe having, um, you know, the, the, the deal having ended, the estate not <laughs> picking them up. But um, so where are you in sneaker culture these days? Because I, I said that the market has just sort of uh, priced this out. Do you find yourself uninterested in retail drops these days? Do you still try for them or, or what? Are you sort of in the middle? I, gosh, I'm, I still try for some. Um, and it's, it's mostly stuff like I know I'm going to wear, but like, I remember couple months ago randomly i got a notification on my phone that for whatever reason i had early access for the kobe 5 bruce lee and i was just like oh okay let's see what this is and it, like, it went through and i got it and i was just wow. like okay like i haven't worn them they're still sitting like in my closet like, upstairs and it's just like yeah I, i'm probably just gonna sell them at some point um but like i was just kind of watching it for a while and all of a sudden that like you know the deal being done announced like they just jump up in price i'm like glad i'm still sitting on them i guess um mm -hmm. and so i think i go for things that with the exception of those like i go for things that i think i'm actually going to wear um, and then if i don't hit then i you know go to go to reps or if it's something like you know i wasn't really into the like going for a lot of the releases so like i missed the and i know this is one of your uh your like staples the you know black cement threes like mm -hmm. i missed those back when they dropped in 2018 so i actually you know i know that i know about the flaws with the batches but like i just picked up a, a pair from you know boostmaster lens so they should be here in a couple mm -hmm. weeks so um yeah just What's kind of going from there What's funny about the the rep market is what I have found, and I'm a QCer, so my my eyes are much more trained to look for these things. But I I always try to point things out so people can make their own calls because I know when I look at some of these like the the threes, just threes in general, if they have elephant print on them, generally the biggest catch in terms of QC is the elephant print being differently like embossed, like the. Mm -hmm. The lines are thicker on one shoe than they are on the other. Yeah. If you can live with that, then everything yeah. else is fine. Like that, and that's yeah. that's the point that I've actually come to now is that I don't need perfection because, as you pointed out earlier, most of the time nobody's going to know. And honestly, I had an experience. I, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram. I was at Home Depot last weekend. Mm -hmm. I had my Travis Dunks on, which obviously are a hype piece, but I just like them. Mm -hmm. Like I just, yeah. they're they're great. And mm -hmm. so I, I was looking at stone because we're having some stone work done in our yard and these two teens walked by me and they were in front of me. Like, as, you know how when you're at like the store, you're kind of standing back from the section you want to look at because you want to mm -hmm. see what else. See you everything. Have. Yep. So they walked in front of me and they looked down and they both started like giggling to each other. And they were like, oh, my God, did you see that? Did you see that? And then one mm -hmm. of them was like, are you going to ask me if they're real? Are you going to ask me if they're real? And and I just, they never came up to me and I just never yeah. acknowledged their presence. And I thought mm -hmm. they have no idea, no clue, yeah. no but they're, they were no teens. They, they were in the age bracket that they would care about those things. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I've just noticed that the, the rep market has felt very, very nitpicky these days where they are looking mm -hmm. for the most per perfect thing. And a lot of times I just tell them, Hey, this is what I saw. You make that call. Like if you want to wait for mm -hmm. perfection, you can be waiting a while. But, you know, this is a nice looking shoe. And when you walk by somebody with it, they're going to think it looks good, too. So what what yeah. is the hang up 
exactly. if you if you're not a QCer, don't get into it because you'll find those things that are frustrating. Stay on the sidelines. Um, I help everybody out where I can, and I made the mistake yeah. of I made the mistake of commenting on a Mocha one, and now I'm oh. like the, the Mocha one guy, and I'm like, damn. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I've I like. Yeah. I um I you know I find myself like I'll check you know you know rep sneakers on Reddit like you know a couple times a day and I have it sorted by new and so it's you know ninety nine percent it's you know QCs and then someone people will post their you know what did you wear today and their reviews but like I think I've gone through enough to where it's like I can be a like first wave like QC here and like look at things for like the big flaws where it's like with ones okay look for the corner stitch flaw and then you know look for the the tongue tag maybe being misaligned and then like on on chicago's like the second row of holes like and someone posted a pair like from pk the other day and like i commented and luckily i haven't been tagged in you know eight million other like comments for qc but um i was just like it's got, probably got the toe box flaw like i try and get ljr from somewhere else and it's just because there's like general sort of guidance and i see things on there where i'm just like okay guys like when someone asks like what's the best batch for this and then all the comments like sergio bard like i'm partial to like owen reese surge and mm -hmm. like, like just these things it's like like i don't want to be like a dick but at the same time it's like obviously you haven't looked at anything um and so it's like there's that I leave those people. I leave those people by the nose a little bit. Um, yeah. I will generally say, well, right now these are the the popular ones that are out there, and I'll and I'll say something like, you know, in searching for it recently, I've seen, you know, mm -hmm. some some good some good material for you to go by, and I yeah. kind of leave it at that. Um, but you talked about the corner stitch flaw. That's actually a huge pet peeve of mine, and it's a pet <laughs> peeve for a reason, because. What ends up happening a lot on the rep market is the the mob mentality takes over and a couple people see something that they know is a flaw, quote unquote flaw relative to retails, but there's no nuanced information about it. And Dusty did a great post about the corner stitch flaw that mm. when on retails, there is a corner stitch flaw on like one swoosh say, not all mm -hmm. four or not three yeah. out of four. And I have a pair of retails, two of them actually, the Obsidians and uh, another one that have a corner stitch flaw on one of them. I know that they're retails. I, I bought them like as retails. Yeah. And I've seen reviewers come out and say, oh, corner stitch, this is a crap batch. And I'm like, no, you need to explain that better. You can't just say, well, it's got one corner stitch, so it's, it's crap. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. it's you need like that. Those are the types of things about the shoes that I wish people would embrace a little bit more. Because mm -hmm. you're, what, what I've come to realize is that when somebody asks me, hey, what do you think of this shoe? Their money is on the line, not mine. And so yeah. I want to arm them with the as much information as possible. I think that's what ended up getting me tagged a lot in the first place is because I go detailed. I don't just say, yeah, these are good GL. Like, yeah. it really bothers yeah. me. I'll, I'll do mm -hmm. it sometimes if a ton of other people yeah. have commented. But um, like lately, I've been getting tagged in the uh, off-white dunks again and okay. those are those are making a comeback yeah. and those Whatever. are for yeah so those are making a comeback and i'm like and, and i want to make sure i give people the right stuff like when they say oh what about the swoosh and i'm like yeah it's a little bit weird but think about seeing that on feet it's on the it's on the inside of your foot nobody's gonna oh, yeah. see that no one's gonna nobody's see, see, see that yeah and that's where i kind of feel like it is today however there is a silver lining in that um, those of us who've been around the, the market long enough, 
uh, you know, and you, you've done the right thing. You've learned. You've learned about what it is that you want. And that's always what I advocate for is like, hey, you're your own person. It's your money. Decide how you want to spend that money. If you want to be anal about it, it's your money. Go ahead. Um, I just have come to decide, all right, I can live with, and here's the list of things. Like, yeah. I can't live with the color not being right. I can't live with the materials not being right. Can I live with this stitching being a centimeter off? Yeah, I can pretty much live with that. Oh, for sure. Yep. And I'm the threes are threes are a good example of that because they don't rep those a ton, but they don't mm -hmm. have to be perfect because like, no. I'm not even sure. I think mine are retail, but I'm not actually entirely sure, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. But no, I don't care. They feel good. I, I, I love the versatile shoes. Like I always feel like mm -hmm. there has to be something in your collection. Like you, you can't have all hype. It's got to be something that you can just throw on every day. And that's why the ones I yeah. pointed out are like that for the most part. Like mm -hmm. I know a lot of people hype up wave runners. But to me, they're just a perfect beater, perfect beater, because they're so yeah. comfortable. Yeah, I've yeah, I've never put any on, but I, um, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about how comfortable they are. And you know, going back to like you saying, you know, it's your money and you do what you want with it. Like I, you know, I probably way overpaid for a pair, but like I got a pair of rep Air Max One anniversaries, and like you know. It was, you know, it's something that's not really like easily like findable, findable, but like the, so I was watching one of Rhett Mafia's videos on the, on the, um, Wotherspoons and just like, oh, well, I came across the seller and then I was looking at the seller's website and I was like, oh, okay, they've got Air Max One anniversaries. And it's like, so I think I paid, you know, like a hundred bucks for them, which, you know, you get them from you know, through an agent, you know, it might be, you know, like 40 bucks, but, but I was just yeah. like, I, I haven't even tried to understand the whole like agent and warehouse shipping process. And it's just like, I'm comfortable enough to where if I spend a hundred dollars on these, like it's fine. And I know that I don't have to do any extra work or go through a second person. Like I just, I know it's fine. Like no big deal. Like it was worth the extra money to me to just have it handled. Um, but I would, it is something I would like to learn about a little more is just the whole agent process. Cause you said you're kind of getting into that more too. And so I actually just I use, I use zoom chat to, to walk somebody through how to do it the other day. Oh, nice. And, um, it's funny because again, I'm comfortable, you know, same as you, where it's like dropping a hundred bucks on a pair of reps doesn't really set me back a whole lot. I'm not bragging, but it's like, it's not yeah. that big of a deal. But what I always say to people is if you're new to this, stick to those middlemen for now because mm -hmm. generally speaking you're paying for good stuff that you know you're not going to get bait and switched on when you switch mm -hmm. over to the agent market there's much more of a possibility of that happening because mm -hmm. these sellers go unchecked uh reddit is a check it's at least policing in some regard however mm -hmm. right now is <laughs> sitting in my cart uh sit sitting in my warehouse i have three pairs of yeezy 350s they cost me 15 dollars each and they look like re like i saw the pictures today and i was like good enough for me mm -hmm. uh they look they look fantastic i've also got a whole bunch of like dunks that aren't super hyped that i mm -hmm. paid i think 40 dollars or less for and yeah. they look really yeah. good and what what i've calculated out is my shipping is going to be like 19 dollars a pair so that's significantly nice. less than shipping yeah. direct. so per item, i also have a thing for my kid in there too uh yeah. shipping direct you know like those things once you figure out that how to do that and feel comfortable, I think it's daunting because you have to use a whole other system. Whereas, you know, the the direct route is, hey, I want this shoe. I'm going to PayPal you and here it comes. 
uh, it's a lot easier that way. Uh, is there a shoe that yeah. you have on your radar right now that you uh, feel like is going to be your next purchase? Or is there one that you've wanted to buy and you just haven't felt comfortable doing it yet? Um, so there's a couple. I have a whole like note, note on my phone that has, you know, what, what I want to get next. Um, I think I, I would never was a huge fan of them until I saw them on feet at someone like at Costco. It, it was the, um, the off-white Air Force ones, the MCBA ones, the blue with like the silver green. I was just like, those actually look pretty dope actually. Like, I like those. Um, those and like, again, it's like a super hype shoe, right? Or like, I really like the the Mars Yard. Like, that's just something like it's super understated, but it looks like comfortable. Yes. And um, it's like, I'm a 49ers fan. So it's like, it's kind of 49ers colors too. So like, that's a, you know, a double, a double win. Um, I, I, I like the reverse shattered backboards, but it's just like, I've got four other pairs of one. So like, I don't want to get like stuck mm -hmm. right into that. And so I've got, I've got a few pairs like on my radar that would be, you know, good to, good to add. I just haven't like, it's like, I have enough shoes. Like I can always have more of course, but like, just yeah. don't go crazy. I see, you know, some people are just like, oh, I mean, I've been in for three months and I've got, you know, 30 pairs of shoes. And I'm just like, okay i mean that's it's again it's your money you do what you want with it but like i don't know man like, yeah we i i i yeah i uh i told the line you know we we have a lot of housework coming up and so forth and so if i was going to do a haul for the first time just so i could make a video basically it was going to be uh cheap and that was that was the whole point is looking for cheap quality but so 49ers i have to ask you um mac jones no i hope not really uh, okay yeah i i don't i just you know we've seen and they're very successful but just he's like that typical quarterback right like just pocket presence awareness like can read a defense and kind of do all the traditional like things but like i feel like with the pieces that are already in place a Justin Fields or Trey Lance is just so much more dynamic and adds another layer to where, like, I don't think teams are worried about Mac Jones, like, taking off and running. And so they can try and take away other weapons, you know, like Kittle and Samuel and, and that sort of thing. But if you have that extra weapon and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we got a game plan for also the quarterback run. And, you know, unfortunately, it, like, hasn't been, like, as much of like, you know, just like winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. But like, you see what like Mahomes has done, how successful like Russell Wilson has done. And like these these guys that are, you know, just a little bit more mobile, but are still like, they're still, they're a quarterback. Like it's not like Kibo. And I hate to say that because I'm also a Florida Gators fan. So having him not be successful is like, oh man, like that's bad. But um, just like seeing the success of some of these, you know, quarterbacks that aren't, you know, the traditional mold has been, has been cool. And I'd like to see the, the 49ers maybe embrace that and of course we'll see what happens with jimmy g i know your uh, your boy belichick is trying to kind of get him back here so we'll, well see i just would like to point out that the recent super bowl champions had a statue at quarterback uh yes. this last oh, year no, for sure like beat beat be, and i love mahomes like i i just do yeah. but uh i do think it's more of an outlier these days but uh i had to ask because they traded quite a bit to move up there so up to three they, so the, they have to take a quarterback i would think yeah. have to have mm -hmm. to 
anything yeah. else is a catastrophe uh, in my mind because they were bad enough that they could have sat where they were and probably taken whoever it is that they would take besides a quarterback. But yeah, uh, here's, so here's my other like 12. Yeah. Here's my other question. Like, what if they get an offer to trade back down? So they kind of recoup some of the stuff they lost to get up to three and they're still able to take, say, Trey Lance because some of these guys it's it's tough because everybody's projecting the quarterbacks to go like one two three four and i just don't know if that's going to be reality or not like obviously one definitely uh two the jets Uh 49ers are kind of a wild card because they made it to a super bowl with jimmy g Mm -hmm. uh can he you know can he stay healthy last year they went what were they six and ten last year or five and eleven uh one of the two yeah they were yeah still i felt as if shanahan showed his coaching chops last year because even though they lost 10 games they were in most of those games like they didn't really get blown out Mm -hmm. and they lost a ton of talent defensively and obviously a whole bunch of playmakers so Mm -hmm. they're kind of an interesting one because they're picking at three and you'd like to think quarterback but to me trey lance makes a lot of sense because they can sit him if they want to yeah uh, he's not really ready to sort of take over a team because we've only had such a right. small sample size on him mm-hmm. this the one the one sample we saw of him was 15 of 30 for 150 yards which is like not really doing it for me but no. uh we'll see what happens with them i just had to ask you because i also believe that the 49ers have the best uniforms in the league um the yeah. the 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 red and the gold like it's just it's awesome uh it's yeah. so good and um they, they're always a good looking team if, if anything mm-hmm. else but they're kind of yeah. coming back to to prominence now i mean how did were you a fan of them throughout like because they they went through a real lull oh um, yeah yeah i uh, was born and raised you know like norcal bay area so like i you know i kind of grew up in their like just heyday and prime time like five super bowls and, um and then yeah we definitely had a uh a downspurt for a while there and then it's just kind of been up and down you know a little more recently with harbaugh and then you know the other stuff and so i'm excited for the potential but i'm also like all right like the the recurring theme for the last you know four years under shanahan and lynch has just been like we can't stay healthy like it's just like beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up and it's just like are we just is it a really bad like string of luck or is something going on in the training weight room that you know we you know don't know about and it it seems like it's just a string of bad luck but i'm just like we gotta figure out some way to stay like healthy because that's the big thing because when when fortnite's were healthy hey we went to the super bowl and Mm -hmm. like it was uh we're few minutes away from winning the super bowl if you know we didn't overthrow a receiver or give up a bunch of unanswered points which is a whole nother you know conversation but uh yeah it's well it should be interesting to say the least so got a few more minutes left uh and then i'll get you out of here because i know you uh you're on the west coast so you got uh, some other stuff to do but um you know where can the sneaker community find you because i find you're you're good to talk to you got a lot of knowledge and I think you're somebody who people could definitely, um, you know, learn from because you've you've come to your own in the rep market. So where can people find you out uh, that follow me that are, that are listening here? Yeah, so I'm um, I'm on Instagram, just kicking it with Brett, all one word, no no G in kicking, so just kicking it with Brett. Um, yeah, find me on there. I've got you know, a few posts, nothing 
crazy. Um, but yeah, I like, you know, I'm a big time like scroller where I like to like look at a lot of stuff. And same with Reddit. I think I'm BA Ballard 524 or something like that on, on Reddit. Um, and yeah, it's been a great chatting and look forward to, you know, connecting with more people. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, I've connected a little bit with Dusty and with, you know, Rep Sneakers fam and I haven't seen him as much, but like Mr. Rep Tester. Um, so just seeing some, some stuff from people and seeing how like welcoming the community is, has been really, has been really nice. Like, especially through Instagram, like people are super mm -hmm. responsive and yes. you know, all you guys have been super responsive and, and kind and just welcoming. So it's cool. Well, my dream would be to, to do something larger. I want to have some more people on, but also maybe do an offshoot where we kind of do some, some sneaker talk, you know, by itself, uh, as a mm -hmm. podcast idea. So definitely keep your mind for that. I definitely appreciate you taking the time out, my man. Um, it's been good to meet you and, uh, yeah, let's awesome. talk a little bit. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more in the future. Uh, you know, keep keep uh, keep pushing the good fight, my man. I appreciate yeah, it. yeah. You too. Thank you. And I'll Absolutely. talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. All right.